Well, before we get to our passage of Scripture tonight, I want to give you a little background to the passage of Scripture that we're going to look at. And uh, we're going to go back to the beginning. God made everything. He even made the dirt. (laughs) He made this whole place. All the heavens, the earth, everything. And he made man. And he gave man one command to obey. Man had free will. So he gave him one command. He said, just obey me in this. Don't eat of that tree that's in the middle of the garden. The knowledge of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because if you eat of it, you're going to die. Dying's not a good thing. So don't eat of it. Well, the serpent came along. You probably know the story. And he said, well, no, you won't really die, which was a lie. Uh, But then he said the truth. He said, you'll become like God and you'll know good and evil. The problem was they weren't God. (laughs) And so knowing good and evil was not good for them. So what happened is they had the clear word of God says, don't eat the tree. And then Eve started to think, you know, but it looks really good. Man, that thing looks good. And I bet it really tastes delicious. And it'll make me smart. So I don't care what God said. I'm now in control. I'm going to eat. And you all know what happened. She ate. She gave to her husband who was with her. And suddenly they know, oh, we're naked. And they're ashamed. They cover themselves. Then they hide. And God comes to them and says, okay, what did you guys do? And you know what they did? They said, he asked Adam first. And Adam said, well, the woman you gave me, she, um, she gave it to me and I ate. So then God asked the woman, well, the serpent, he deceived me. So, of course, they just made excuses, passed it off. And so then God dealt with that. And he said to the serpent, he said, you know what? Your days are numbered. Down the road somewhere, I'm going to send the seed of the woman, a descendant of this family right here, who's going to crush your head. And you'll bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. And that was the very first prophecy of the coming of the Messiah. That's in Genesis 3.15, way back at the beginning of the Bible. So you trace all the way through the history. You know, there's the, the flood, the Tower of Babel, the flood. The, I mean, all these things go on, right? Eventually, it's time for the Messiah to come. And so God says, okay, the way I'm going to do this, he prophesied, he's going to send a forerunner, somebody ahead to kind of prepare the way for the Messiah. And so he needs a new baby boy born to be that forerunner. So you know who he goes to? This old, old couple. It says they're well advanced in years and she's beyond the years of childbearing. Of course, if you want a baby born, that's who you go to. The ones who can't bear a child. (laughs) They're too old. But, miraculously, they conceive, they have a baby, the baby's born, and on the day he is circumcised, the eighth day after he's born and he's named, God fills Zechariah, the dad, with the Holy Spirit. And Zechariah prophesied about this coming Messiah that their son was going to prepare the way for. And that's where we're going to be tonight. Luke chapter 1, verse 79. 
And we're not going to do a whole study on all that he prophesied. We're just going to look at one of the things he talked about, Zechariah talked about, by the power of the Holy Spirit. So it says, verse 67, now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. So this is God, the Holy Spirit, speaking through Zechariah. And in verse 79 of chapter 1 of Luke, Zechariah says the purpose of the Messiah, besides many other things that he talks about when he comes, what he'll be called, he says, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. And then to guide our feet into the way of peace. Notice in the first part of the verse, this is the only verse we're going to look at tonight. It says to give light to those, those guys, those other guys. Not Zechariah, somebody else. They need light. They're sitting in darkness and they're also sitting in the shadow of death. People that don't know Jesus as their Savior, that haven't accepted his gift of salvation on the cross, are in darkness. They need light. They're stumbling around in the darkness. That's the condition of them. And they're in the shadow of death. There's this shadow cast on them, which is the death of going into the lake of fire, which is in the book of Revelations called the second death. That's because we die once, and people that don't know Jesus, they go to hell. That's kind of temporary. And then at the end, when everything's done, and God brings us all into the new heaven and new earth, those guys that didn't accept Christ get taken out of hell. They go to a great white throne judgment, and then they get thrown into the lake of fire, prepared for the devil and angels. Really bad news forever. So that's the shadow they're sitting in. So the Messiah is to come and bring light to these poor people. God doesn't want them to perish. He does not want people to go into the lake of fire. He wants everyone to be saved. The apostle Peter tells us in his book that God's not slow about bringing all this about, but he's waiting because he doesn't want anybody to perish, but everybody to come to repentance. So that's the first major arena of work that the Messiah does. Now let's look at the second arena of work. It says, to guide our feet. Now, Zacharias is including himself. Our feet. Guide our feet into the way of peace. You see, there's this peace that's being talked about is not peace with God. When we get the light... When God shows us the truth and we accept Jesus as our Savior and the debt's paid and we're going to heaven, we now have peace with God. We're at peace. We're no longer enemies. We were before. We're not now. We have peace. That's the peace with God. What he's talking about here is the peace, the way of peace of God. The peace that comes that's beyond understanding, the peace that comes from him by his spirit in us, guiding us. See what it says back there? To guide our feet. Very interesting word. He doesn't force us to go down the path of, feet, of peace. 
He guides us. Now, if somebody's guiding you somewhere, like they kind of tell you how to go down to the coffee shop or to go over here, you have a choice whether to obey them or not. They're not forcing you to go there. They're just guiding. Okay, so that's the second purpose of the Messiah. So what I'd like to do tonight is kind of divide our night into like two pieces. In the first part of this evening, I want to rejoice about the first thing that Jesus did. And that was bring light so that we could accept him as our Savior. And, and you all remember probably the time, like I do, when Jesus became my Savior. I heard for the first time in my life ever that I wasn't perfect. Duh, I knew that. But, <laughs> but somebody said, you're not perfect, and you broke God's laws, and since God's infinite and perfect and holy you're going to have to pay a penalty. And since he's infinite, it's going to be an infinite penalty. It's going to hurt as bad as anything ever could and forever. I didn't like that. That was the bad news. But, he told me, God came to earth and died on the cross and paid the penalty for you. I thought, oh, great. But he doesn't make you take it. He's up there in heaven waiting with like this big bag of money up there, just waiting all you got to do is ask him. You just ask him, hey, you got that bag, the money to pay off my debt, and I can go to heaven? Please apply it to my account. Then he does. He's just waiting for people. And all Jesus came to do was say, hey, I'm the Messiah. I'm going to die on the cross. I'm going to pay the penalty. And all you have to do is accept that. And you get to go to heaven with me. As well as the second part. Then you get the guidance while you're here. So what I want us to do first tonight is just focus on the amazing love of God. We have communion elements back here, and I want us to have an opportunity to take communion. So Eddie's going to lead us in a couple of songs, and as he's leading and as the Lord is leading you, simply go back and get the communion elements. There's two cups, one inside another. And the, the bread's in the bottom one, and the, and the wine, it's not wine, it's grape juice in the other one. And um, so what Jesus said to do is when you do this, this is important, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. He didn't say, do this in remembrance of what I do. He said, do it in remembrance of me. What's the difference? What he did is an outgrowth of who he is. When we come to communion, we're not only thanking him for what he did, but we're marveling at who he is, what his personality is, how he loves us. He gives to us freely. So tonight, as you enjoy communion, remember him, just like he said, do this in remembrance of him. Remember who he is. And then as Eddie finishes the second song, we'll go on and talk more about the next part of this verse as, as you've had that opportunity to thank him for who he is and remember who he is. Okay, Eddie, thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for the freedom that you bring us through your blood on the cross. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that we are born again. And we have the opportunity to enjoy the freedom that you give. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So now we've, 
looked at the first part of this verse about what God has come to do to give light to those people who are in the darkness, who are in the shadow of death, so that they could be born again and become believers. Now, when we become believers, God gives us freedom. I know for me, he freed me of some addictions I had. Man, it's amazing. I think back of all the years that I'm now free of those addictions that I used to have. He gives freedom. However, the effect of sin that happened in the garden affected the genes, the inner workings of every human being that descended from Adam and Eve. That's all of us. That's our great, 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 whatever grandparents back there. Many, many, millions of greats back. So we have issues, every one of us. We all have some things that lead us astray, things that create problems in our lives. And what this verse is aimed at, by the way, we're not the only ones that have problems. It says in the Bible that the whole creation was subject to futility. Where do hurricanes come from? Sin. Where do disabilities come from? Sin. Where does polio come from? Sin. Where do strokes come from? Sin. All caused by what happened in the garden. The world has evil people. And where do they come from? Why are they there? Sin has come down through the ages. It comes, the world around us is all filled with people that also are affected by sin. Their genes are wrong. We've got problems. Every one of us does. Some have some physical problems you can actually see. They're born that way. That's the result of original sin. You name it, anything that's going wrong that's against God's word resulted from that sin back there. The Bible says the whole creation groans, can't wait for this to be over and us to be revealed and the new heaven and the new earth. Remember in the garden there was no rain. They didn't have a hurricane. They didn't rain. Rain didn't start till after the fall. And then after Noah's time. That's when rain came about because of sin. All right? So everything comes from sin. So we still have a sin nature in us. We're born again. We've got a new nature, but the sin nature is still in us. So we still need some guidance. When you're born again, you just suddenly done, oh, everything's fine. And you just live a perfect life. No, that does not happen. Born again means you are going to heaven, not going to the lake of fire. But you've still got the sin nature until you get rid of this flesh and you get out of here. You've still got it and you've got to deal with it and you need guidance. The second part of verse 79. To guide our feet into the way of peace. What do you do with feet? You walk on them. That's, what's this saying? Is this, we're getting guidance on how to walk how to live our life. That's what the Messiah does. Now, when he was on earth, he physically did that with his disciples. He guided them. He said, okay, guys, we're going here. No, let's not do that. Let's go over here. Oh, behind me, Satan, you got the wrong idea there, Peter. He was constantly guiding them. And then he says, now, we're going to leave. I'm out of here, guys. And they're like, oh, my gosh, now what? He said, but I will leave you the Holy Spirit. 
I will send him here, and he will teach you all things. He'll bring to your remembrance all that I told you. He will guide you. He will comfort you. He will lead you. So that's who we have today to guide us. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not some weird ghost thing or something. It's the Holy Spirit is a person. He's part of the Trinity, and he comes to live in us. When we're born again, the Holy Spirit comes, boom, he's in. He's in us. And Jesus is in us by the Holy Spirit. And so is the Father in us. God lives in us. You remember a few weeks ago, uh, I was teaching here on um, Romans 8.30 that says we're glorified. Yeah, inside us is heaven. It doesn't work out every day, but that's who is inside us. So what we need is a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit at least once a day. Sometimes for me it's more than once a day. Filling of the Holy Spirit, it's kind of, you think of a bottle of water, you know, a water bottle. As you drink it out, you have to fill it up again. Okay? Well, that's kind of the picture, but the problem with that is the Holy Spirit lives in us. So he's there all the time. He's not disappearing. He doesn't go away. We don't lose some of him. What happens is he loses some of us because we start taking back. We don't hand over to him everything. So a filling of the Holy Spirit, being freshly filled, like Zacharias was here, is the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you yield everything to him, and now you're walking more listening to his guidance. You've got stronger guidance from him because there's more of him in your life. You're letting more in. Does that make sense? Okay, we need to be freshly filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to provide opportunity for that right now. I've got some of the, uh, the men, uh, the leaders are going to be in the back. And uh, if you want, you can go back and they'll pray with you. Jesus said, look, the Holy Spirit will fill anyone who asks. Just ask the Father, he'll send the Spirit. Period. You can do that right in your seat while we're listening to a worship song right now. The, the important thing is that you recognize you have a need for guidance. Okay? Nobody's perfect. Nobody has it wired. We all need guidance. And the Holy Spirit is the one who guides us. So I, what I want us to do today, before we move into exercising the gifts of the Spirit, let's let him take us over. Let's have an opportunity to be freshly filled with the Holy Spirit. So Eddie's going to lead us in a song here. And... Um, while he's singing this song, kind of listen to the words. This is a new song that Rob introduced us to a week or two ago um, by Hillsong. And it kind of talks about this whole thing that we've just been talking about in this verse, that the Messiah has come as the Savior. He paid the price. His grace flows on us and through us. And through his grace, we have the Holy Spirit filling us. So let's just sing, worship, and ask God to freshly fill us with the Spirit. Amen, amen, and amen. What a good word. We just thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your great power, your love for us, your amazing presence with us. Just the fact that you, the creator of everything, love us, 
beyond what we can even imagine. Your great love is so awesome. And we thank you, Lord, for your love. We thank you for your guidance, as we read tonight, that you guide our steps toward the way of peace. You desire for us to walk in peace and joy and fullness. The, the walk of your Spirit, to be filled with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. You desire all those things in our hearts that we might rejoice and enjoy this life. And so, Lord, tonight I pray for each of us, our brothers and sisters here, that we would remember the fact that you came to give light to those who are in the darkness so that they might come to you, be born again, headed toward heaven, and then also to guide our feet in the way of peace. That day by day, moment by moment, your spirit living in us would guide us. Remind us to be filled afresh with your spirit each day. Remind us as we get up in the morning, oh man, here we go. Another day, Lord, fill me fresh. I want to serve you. I want you to, to be God in my life, not me. I want you to lead the way. I want to follow you. Guide my feet, please, Lord, that I might follow you. We thank you, Lord, for what you have done in our hearts tonight here. You've opened our eyes to see you, to remember who you are, our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we pray these things in your name. Amen.